Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, something that I've neglected, even though all of you know that my favorite thing to cover and watch and dive into is college basketball. I, I got I to pick up the pace, man. I got to get down to the barn. I got to check out the the Golden Gophers. Yesterday I went to to watch the Vikings. But whenever I'm not able to watch the Gophers or check in on my favorite um, college basketball program or programs, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, I check in with Marcus Fuller from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. He's a beat writer for the uh, for the newspaper, covers college basketball and covers the Gophers. He joins us now here on the Lake Show. Uh, first off, Marcus, man, it's been a while since we last chatted. How you been doing? Happy holidays. Hey, happy holidays to you, too. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, I, I'm actually uh, I'm doing all right. Um, my family is a little under the weather uh, during the holiday season uh, early on, but uh, they're, they're on the mend now and just in time for it to get a lot colder. Yeah, I know, man. I know. I, I hear you, man. Well, well, let's let's get into um what took place yesterday, and then we'll we'll get into some more general items with regards to uh to Golden Gold for basketball. But what did you make of their game yesterday against Purdue? Who to me is one of the best teams that I've seen so far to start off this year. Purdue is they're they're pretty they're pretty awesome, man. I mean, they've they've got one of the top centers in all of college basketball. They seem to be a team with a little bit of depth. I'm not saying they're the deepest team in college basketball, but uh, Purdue is going to be a tough out for anybody. They've been good the last several years with Coach Painter. Uh, what did you make of the uh, the effort that the Gophers uh, um, had against uh, Purdue yesterday? Uh, yeah, I mean, anytime you face a Purdue team, Matt Painter team, you're going to face a team with a true seven-footer. And uh, you can put about ten ten trues on top of Zach Eady. Um, he is he is the truest of true seven footers that that you've seen in college basketball, and definitely with the Purdue team. Um, I say he's seven foot six, um, but they they list him at seven foot four. I think once you're past seven foot two or three, then you know, I mean, how many how much taller do you want to get? Um, but you know, they had a good game plan. I mean, they they tried to uh, throw a number of players at him. Uh, kind of dispersed the fouls. Um, Trayton Thompson was out uh, with an illness. Uh, they're starting seven-foot center, so they had to go small. For El Payne, I thought the freshman from Cottage Grove held his own uh, initially, but we're talking seven-foot-six and 300 pounds. Uh, you know, even Shaq had trouble with Yao Ming every now and then, and we're we're talking about a true <laughs> freshman trying to handle him and you know, it didn't last very long. Poor Pharrell, um, I think he was shell-shocked a little bit 
Um, he, you know, Edie caught an alley oop on him, and, and then he came down the lane in the second half and reached to the sky with his eight foot and ten inch wingspan and, and threw it down. And that's all she wrote. I mean, it was thirty, I think, thirty two points, twenty one rebounds. Um, he out rebounded the entire Gopher team by himself. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, they're glad that they're not going to see Edie again. Uh, he is not coming to the barn, so that, that's a good thing. I mean, that's just, seriously, that, like, that's, that's crazy, man. That, uh, yeah, and that wasn't at the barn. It was, uh, it, it, that game yesterday was at Purdue. But yeah, that's just insane that he out-rebounded the entire, <laughs> the, the yeah. entire Gopher squad, man. Like, when, when do you ever see that? You never see that. You never see it. Um, and it's not like, I mean, 20 rebounds, 21, re- 22 rebounds. Yeah, 22 rebounds. That's a lot of rebounds, obviously. You know, he hasn't seen something yeah. like that since Jordan Murphy. But, you know, to get 21 rebounds as a team, um, that's pretty atrocious. And, you know, if you look down the line, we're talking about, you know, one rebound for Pharrell Payne, one rebound for Dawson Garcia, one rebound for Jamison Battle, you know, two rebounds for another starter. And, you know, it, it, so that that's what we're seeing. And, and you know, that just can't happen. Um, their guards rebounded pretty decent. Braden Carrington and Talon Cooper, their point guard, um, they led the team in rebounding. I think they had 11 apiece, and all of the front court players for the Gophers had, I think, a combined six. So, you know, it wasn't just about Zach Eady. I mean, you got to put a body on someone, as Ben Johnson would say, and, uh, and, and go get that ball. So rebounding has been an issue all, all season, um, definitely in their losses. They've lost to DePaul, Virginia Tech, and UNLV, and now Purdue. And I think the um, average margin of uh, that they were out rebounded by was plus thirteen, and in, in, uh, including plus twenty uh, on Sunday. All right, so just to put things in perspective, minus, minus twenty. Purdue's, I'm sorry, minus twenty. Yeah. <laughs> just to put things in perspective, Purdue is one of the top five teams in in college basketball. So, I, you know, when you look at it and you see, okay, man, they lost by nineteen. Purdue's pretty darn good. So, just to put that out there. But how good are the Gophers? Is my question to you because. I know that many people will look at what the Gophers did to start last season, and then when they got into Big Ten play, they struggled um, because they just really lacked the depth and the talent. Um, I view this team and and, and the program the same way this season and want to get your thoughts because when I look at the talent in the games that I've watched, I just don't see that it's there. And and, and to be be fair – the majority of the games I saw early on, Jamison Battle wasn't available because he was out with the injury and all of that stuff, and they're you know they're trying to get guys back. But uh, how do you perceive the uh, the Gophers from a talent perspective heading into the uh, or starting off the uh, the Big Ten play? Well, the, the talent is there. Um, you know, when it when it's young, it's really hard to see, um, like just pop out at you, uh, especially when you're asking high school guys to play high level Division one basketball. It's just not going to come right away, and you know I think it would be it would have been easier for them if they had a bunch of seniors and juniors, and these guys were just coming off the bench and playing like fifteen minutes here, ten minutes there, and then you see glimpses of potential. No, they're being thrown in there for twenty five thirty minutes a game, and they're saying, "Hey, you got to carry the team, and you're in high school last year you know it, it, it's just not it's not realistic, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and I, we've seen potential from all these guys, you know, I would say Pharrell Payne's at the top of the list. Um, even the brief moment that he was holding his own versus Zach Eady. I mean, he blocked Eady's shot. You know, he ran the floor on a, on a, on a forced turnover, did kind of a Euro step deal and then, you know, finished and, and, and the foul. I mean, 
you don't see that from six nine, two hundred fifty five pound uh, post players. Period. Let alone an eighteen year old. So the sky is the limit for Pharrell Payne. But just like Daniel Turu a few years ago, you know, once he hits uh, high major competition and Big Ten competition, um, they're just more experienced. You know, they're 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 also big and strong. Um, you know, they're, they're tough to handle, and he's going to have to figure it out as all the freshmen are on the fly. Yeah. Um, they have nowhere else to go but young. And I think that's the biggest difference from this year and last year is where he leaned on a lot of seniors last year that played like 20 years of college basketball. And this year he's leaning on freshmen who they played their first Big Ten game Sunday. Yeah. We're talking to Marcus Fuller from the Minneapolis Star Tribune here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. He's joining joining us courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. And one of the guys that has been here, he was here last year, he was the top player last year, will be the top player this year, uh, Jamison Battle. Um, what did you make of his his game yesterday? I mean, he played 37 minutes uh, and was was the guy with this 21 points. Do you feel like he's he's really starting to feel like himself again? That he's kind of you know feeling good from a health perspective and physically being able to do what he wants to do. Yeah, you said it right there. Um, physically, you know, he did um, look uh, greatly improved from the first few games. You know, when I watched him in California, he made his debut. Um, you could tell like his mind was telling him, man, you're still, you're the guy, you know, you're the guy, you're all big 10 preseason Jamison battle. And he was trying to take the same shots and make the same moves that he did last year. And his body was telling him, man, this is your first game. You know, like this is November 20th or 21st. This is your first game. You know, we're, we're we had two practices, you know, you're not ready. And that kind of went on for the first game, the second game, you know, the third game. And he's not playing, you know, Sisters of the Poor, he's playing like UNLV is, is undefeated. Um, you know, Cal Baptist had already beaten uh, Washington this year. And then you're on the road at Virginia Tech. So Jameson has actually not played at the barn yet this year. Um, he'll make his season debut at home uh, versus Michigan on Thursday, which <laughs> that's a great opponent to start uh, your first game at home. But um, you know, he, he played well against Michigan last year. I know Juwan Har remembers that, probably has nightmares. Uh, Jameis had 27 <laughs> versus them last year, and, and they won at Michigan. So uh, I, I just feel like you, you're right. Physically, he really looked a lot better at Purdue. You know, he hit five three-pointers. You know, that's his bread and butter. I think the true Jamison battle you'll see from last year is when he actually mixed up those jump shots with taking it to the basket. And I mean that's that's the that's the story of this team. They just really need to get more points in the paint. So Dawson Garcia was a heavily recruited player um, here in the state of Minnesota. He goes to Marquette, ends up at North Carolina. Now he's on his third stop, and he's returned home to the Golden Gophers. Um, what are reasonable expectations for him, and what he's going to provide or bring to this program in the Big Ten? Uh, Dawson was put in a tough spot. Because when they recruited him, they sold him on, hey, you know, come home, you know, you're the, you're, you're the home run, I'm sorry, the hometown hero, but you're also not going to have to carry the entire team on your back, right? You're not going to have to put the cape on. Well, they, they weren't anticipating Jamison Battle being hurt the first four games. So Dawson, I'm sorry, we recruited you to not put the cape on, but now you have to put the cape on. And I don't think, like, mentally he was ready for that. You know, he wasn't even healthy, fully healthy himself. I mean, he barely made the season opener 
Uh, he was dealing with like muscle strain. He missed the exhibition game. So he wasn't healthy to begin the season either. But he's Dawson Garcia. I mean, he's loaded with versatility. He can shoot the ball from the outside. I mean, he's 6'11", and he can handle the ball. I mean, he's a great, great talent. But I think he wasn't ready to be the guy. He thought he was going to be playing with Jamison Battle. You know, I mean, some of these freshmen, they're being relied upon a little bit much than I think that he expected. So, you know, I think that in this, in the best-case scenario, you'll see the best out of Dawson Garcia now that Jamison Battle is uh, healthy and that he's playing at a high level. Um, I think they still have to figure out how to use them both, though. They're struggling with that, you know, because they're similar players in that they can score close to the basket, but they're really, really better facing the basket and, and, and stretching the floor. And so I think you'll see more of Jamison playing the guard position, maybe that three position, and then you'll see them trying to put Dawson at the four, the true four, but they still need to find a true five. You know, they need someone that's going to battle against the Edies and uh, upcoming Michigan has a Hunter Dickinson and Mississippi State has another center. So the, the, Ferrell Payne is the ideal player for that, but right now they're asking Dawson to play that position, and and he's just not comfortable with that completely yet. All right, so final question for you, Marcus. Um, when you look at Gopher basketball and what they might end up being this year, um, where do you think they fall in the Big Ten? Because I think that if you look at what they have um, coming back. You're telling me right now? Right now, like at this very moment. Like like in, in this moment, as they had get ready to prepare for Michigan, if you have to – talk about reasonable expectations for how they could be for the rest of the season in the Big Ten. Do you think that they're, I mean, middle of the pack? Do you think that they're, you know, bottom quarter of the Big Ten? I mean, how do you how do you see this thing shaking out? I think that they have to they have to prove that they're not the worst team in the Big Ten. You know, right now I would say that just resume-wise, uh, the the net rankings just came out. The NCAA's net rankings is a, is a tool that they use to to determine the NCAA tournament based on, um, you know, where you've beaten opponents and 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 who they've beaten. So they're last in the Big Ten in net ranking. I think their net ranking is 227, which I haven't seen it that high in the history of this this ranking. Um, so they, right now they they are the worst team in the Big Ten based on net rankings. And I think if if they can prove it otherwise. I mean, they have all those games, like you said, ahead of them, um, you know, and, and they have Jamison Battle healthier now. You know, Dawson Garcia um, will get com- more comfortable. The freshmen will, will gain experience, you know, uh, under their belt. So I think they, ha- they have to prove that they're not the worst team in the Big Ten. They were last year, you know, Northwestern and Nebraska, two teams that I predicted that would be finishing below them. Nebraska beat Creighton at Creighton, the top ten team. And, and Northwestern won at Michigan State. So those two teams have huge wins on their resume, on the road even. And the Gophers, you know, they've lost three straight, and they're trying not to drop, you know, four and five in a row versus Michigan and Mississippi State. So I think that's that's pretty much a realistic expectation for them. You know, um, they, they, they're better. They're more talented than last year. They just have to prove it. Yeah. Marcus Fuller, give, her, give him a follow on Twitter, at Marcus underscore R underscore Fuller. He covers the uh, Golden Gopher basketball team for the uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune, and he just joined us here on The Lake Show. Thanks so much, Marcus. Hey, always pleasure. Appreciate it. All right, take care. That's Marcus Fuller joining us here on The Good Neighbor. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get into a scoreboard. That's next year.
on the Lake Show. All right, thanks again to my guy Marcus Fuller. Does a fine job of covering Gopher basketball, Gopher athletics in general for the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Appreciate that. Uh, we went a little bit over with uh, Marcus, so let's uh, quickly get to the scoreboard and see what's going on in the uh, the world of sports. You know, we got some NFL Monday Night Football. We got some NBA. We got a little bit of everything tonight. Yes, we do, H. Like, let's go ahead and kick it off in the NFL. An NFC South battle, five and six Tampa Bay hosting four and eight New Orleans. Both those teams still uh, squarely in play for the NFC South title. And right now, Tampa Bay. Yeah, right now, Tampa Bay. They've got the ball second and goal. It is scoreless. They've been running the ball. Uh, down the throat, and right now a pass to Chris Godwin got him inside the five-yard line, so it'll be a third down and goal and uh, about halfway through the first quarter there. So Tampa and New Orleans, and then that will wrap up Week 13, believe it or not. Man, it's flying by. Uh, uh, let, me, let me ask this que- question real quickly since we're talking about <clears throat> the matchup being Tampa and New Orleans. Yes. Do you think that we're at the end for Tom Brady? Because I think I think the Bucks are at the end of of being good. Like I know the last couple of years here with Tom Brady has been awesome. Whatever. I'm not saying that he's cooked. I'm not saying that he's washed. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's over in Tampa. And I don't want to hear the stuff about him going back to New England. That doesn't that doesn't excite me. Yeah, I I think it's just a bunch of fodder right now. I mean, they had a first and goal, and right now, you know, New Orleans tightening up inside, and it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, what does happen with Tampa because I think their window, we've seen the window over the last couple of years for Super Bowl champions. It seems like it's closed awfully quick, but I mean, it's not just Brady. It seems like, you know, Mike Evans has gotten a step slower. That defense has aged a little bit, so it, it does seem like. Some of these veteran teams have gotten pretty old overnight. Yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see exactly uh, what happens. And a 20, uh, I believe, a 21 yard field goal for Ryan Suckup makes it 3 nothing Tampa Bay, six and a half minutes left to go in the first quarter. Uh, let's get to the NBA lake. A, a lot of games going on. Like you said, the Wolves. They are off until Wednesday when they're hosting the Pacers. Uh, eight and a half minutes left to go in the third quarter. Clippers up on the Hornets, 67-64. Paul George, 12 points for the Clippers. P.J. Washington, 17 for, uh, I believe the kids call him the buzz. Uh, Bucks over the Magic, 65-54. Giannis, no surprise. Uh, game high, 18 in that game. Uh, 59-52, the Hawks over the Thunder. 30 seconds left to go in the first half. Shy Gilgis, that's interesting. Yeah, Shy Gildas Alexander, man, that guy's just a flat out baller. Uh, he's got twelve points. He's one of my favorite guys to watch. I love watching him play. Well, the, the interesting thing about this is, and are they playing this game in Atlanta? Yes, they are playing in Atlanta, right? Yep, it's in Atlanta. Yep. Did, did, did you see that the, there was some controversy earlier today, like when Trey Young met the media? Oh yeah, uh, he had a fight with Nate McMillan, and he wouldn't he wouldn't play on what was that Friday night? Yeah, and he didn't play last week. Mm. He was a healthy scratch, it sounded like, and so he was pestered. He was um, pestered about it by a media member, and he would he said something about it's private, it's private. He kept deflecting to it, it's private and all that, and so yeah, it's getting testy, and he's not had a good start to this game. It looks like. I, you know, when I hear that, the first thing I'm thinking of is, is the whole Scotty Pippen. Uh, Phil Jackson thing years ago when uh, he wouldn't, you know, the play wasn't 
allegedly designed for him and he wouldn't go in and then Tony Kukoc hit that shot. It just, I don't know. It's like you don't want to go in and play. It's like, man, that's, that's your job. You're, you're paid to play basketball. Uh, the Raptors up on the Celtics, 53 to 45, three minutes left to go in the first half there. Jalen Brown, eight points for the Celtics. Uh, Sixers up on the Rockets in the first quarter, five minutes left to go there. 19 to 14, Joel Embiid, 11 points for the Sixers. The Heat and the Grizzlies, four point lead for Miami. That game in Memphis, three minutes left to go in the first quarter. Uh, Tyler Hero, nine points and, uh, uh, a Mr. Uh, Ty Jones with, uh, eight points or uh, nine points, rather, for the Grizzlies there. Two games a little bit later on, Suns and the Mavericks, and the Pacers and the Warriors. So that's what we've got going on there in the uh, NHL. The Golden Knights, how about this? The Golden Knights shutting out Boston, 3 to nothing. The Boston Bruins, if I'm seeing right, they are 23-0. and zero. 20 wins, 3 losses, no ties. And they were getting shut out in the first period in Boston. Wow. Yeah, I didn't I, I'm like, "Whoa, 20?" I didn't realize Boston was that good this year. <laughs> I didn't I didn't either. And you know, we just talk about, you know, we've had this conversation about how tortured Boston is. So it's, you know, I feel bad for them, you know. They're down 3 to nothing tonight. Uh yeah, Blues I, I, haven't, I haven't had that conversation. Oh, you haven't had that? Oh, may, I, I maybe I was talking to somebody else. Yeah, I must have been talking to somebody <laughs> else. <laughs> the Blues uh. <laughs> Blues over the Rangers, 7 minutes left to go in the second period. Uh that game at the Garden. The Flyers up on the Avs, 3-1 to one in Philly. Three games uh, a little bit later on. The Capitals in the Oilers, Coyotes in the Flames, and the Canucks are hosting the Canadians. So uh, that's what we've got there. And just a couple of men's college basketball games to pass along to you, Lake. Uh, a couple of late-night games with top 25 teams. 18th-ranked Gonzaga, they're hosting Kent State. And San Diego State, they're hosting Troy uh, both of those going to uh, tip off in an hour and a half and two and a half hours, respectively. Gotcha. All right, that's going to wrap up the scoreboard. But coming up next, we'll take a look at the local weather. And then I want to dive into this. Um, It's become a controversy, I guess. Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State University and taking the head coaching job at Colorado. Want to get into that next year on The Lake Show. All right, I'm ready to talk about Deion Sanders right now. And I'm very passionate about this topic because there's been so many people that have been weighing in on Deion Sanders and what he did, should do, shouldn't do, how things played out at Jackson State. Should he have stayed? Should he have left and taken the job job at Colorado and all of that? And I I definitely have probably a different perspective than most sports talking heads here in our state because I attended an historically black college. Okay. I'm a Morehouse college grad. And so I'm familiar with the culture of black institutions, but I also am aware of the dynamics of just sports across the board in our country. Okay. And so that has to be factored into this conversation. Okay. And, and I'll, I'll take phone calls here in a minute, 651-461-9226. But let me give you my just real take on all of this. Because first and foremost, I want to say congratulations to, to Deion Sanders for getting an opportunity to coach at the University of Colorado. Okay, We have said for years that in coaching the coaching ranks, specifically in college football, 
that African-American men and people of color typically do not get the type of opportunities like this. And Dion is being given an opportunity to coach there, and I applaud the institution for offering the job, and I applaud him for taking the leap. Now, um, did I think that Dion should have waited? Yes. I didn't think that the Colorado job was the job to take, but I'll get to that here in a couple of minutes. But I want to congratulate him because I've always been a Deion Sanders fan going back to when he played in the uh, at Florida State, played the National Football League, and he is an electric personality. He is somebody that motivates people, and specifically young people, and he is a likable person, and he is just somebody that you want to be around. When you start thinking about past athletes that you would love to go hang out one night at a bar with, yeah, you think about the Gronks, right? You think about a Mike Tyson. You th- you think about Dion. Dion's like Dion's gonna he's gonna be cracking jokes. He'll probably give you a great motivational speech that that'll get you fired up to do things that maybe you didn't even think that you had the ability to do. All of that. So I'm a Deion Sanders fan. But one there's there's several things about this specific story that irritate the hell out of me. First and foremost, okay, let me get to the first part. The first thing that irritates me about this is that Deion Sanders did a phenomenal job at Jackson State. And he brought great attention to HBCUs. He did. And, and and it wasn't just because he's a good coach. It's because it's Deion Sanders. Let, let's just be let's be clear now. Because he's a Hall of Fame athlete, that's part of the allure of all of this. We understand that. We just go. We just need to go ahead and say that he did an outstanding job at Jackson State and getting kids to want to go there and putting a spotlight on HBCUs. And so now that he's taken a job, there are some in the black community, okay, that are calling him a sellout. And that's absurd. When you are given an opportunity to better yourself in the world, when you are given an opportunity to better your family situation, you do it. And so to think that for that that he was that that he's doing Jackson State and the black and black people a disservice by jumping to Colorado is asinine. It's ridiculous. Deion Sanders is not a sellout for taking this job. That's a stupid. It's crazy talk. And I don't want to see people from my community and just from any community calling him a sellout because that's not the case. Now, some of you will say, well, hold on, like, well, why did you not want him to take the job then? Do you think that he sold out? Clearly, I don't think that he did because he didn't, and I just said that he didn't, and that's my official stance on it. The reason why I didn't want Deion Sanders to take this job is because I believe, and I could be wrong, and, and I hope that Deion has great success. I think that Colorado's a bad gig. I think it's a, I think it's a bad gig. And when you are talking about you are at the top right now, when we're talking about college football with historically black colleges, you mean to tell me that you go from being that and you have to take the wor- one of the worst jobs 
out there from a power five, you don't have to do it. And I have said this since the rumor started, that if he takes the job, more power to him. But I don't think that Deion Sanders is desperate. I think that Deion Sanders, and what I thought was going to happen was, he would stay at Jackson State for another year or two, continue to win, and get a nice job in Texas somewhere. A nice job in Florida somewhere. Because some some coach is underachieving and you know they're quick to turn the page. So when I look at Colorado, Colorado's been bad for for a while, okay. And he is not the first black coach to go to Colorado. Mel Tucker's been there. Uh, the previous coach that just got fired this year was black. So that's the race angle there is not a big deal for me because Colorado has got that in their track record. Okay, number one, stop calling him a sellout. Number two, there have been people that have looked at this situation and they looked at who Dion is and they see the how vibrant the atmosphere has been around Jackson State and they see the swag level at games and people commenting and saying, oh, man, that's coming to Boulder? That's coming to the University of Colorado? No, it's not. Stop it. You, you have no concept of what goes on at historically black colleges if you think that that's happening at Boulder. It's not. You are getting Deion Sanders, a football great, a legendary football guy. You are not getting Jackson State students in terms of that atmosphere. It's not going to be replicated. All of a sudden... The University of Colorado is not going to be Jackson State. I mean, just come on. You, you got to get a grip. You got to think about what you're saying here. That makes absolutely no sense. The demographics for both institutions are the total opposite. When you look, and I'm looking at it right now, the overall enrollment profile for fall of 2022 at Colorado is 2.6% black. So, so this, stop thinking that you're getting that. You're not. Okay. You are acquiring Deion Sanders, the playmaker, the Hall of Fame football player, and really good and emerging college football coach. But the, but the last thing that's, that, that's really been bugging me about all of this is the disrespect towards, well, there's two things. Let me, let me get to a third before we go to a commercial break. I think that through all of this, the last few days, there's been a true disrespect for historically black colleges and the athletes that have come out of there and the coaches. It's almost as though because Dion has done something now that we've forgotten about all the other greats that we've forgotten about all the other great athletes that came out of historically black colleges, the Doug Williams, the Steve McNairs, the Jerry Rices. Almost like Deion Sanders is the greatest coach that ever coached at a historically black college. Like we don't remember Eddie Robinson. Shame on people that are acting and treating this situation that way. And, and quite frankly, The people that that are thinking like that, 
and dismissive of the his, historical significance of historical black colleges, that bugs the heck out of me. And it makes absolutely no sense. But the final point I'm going to get to after a quick commercial break, and it has to do with Dion himself. As much as I'm a Dion fan, I think that Dion Sanders is taking the transition from one institution to the next, and he's doing it in an improper way. We'll get to that next year on The Lake Show. All right, the other point that I wanted to make about the Deion Sanders situation is that I I would have liked the exit and also the welcome, the intro for Deion, both leaving Jackson State and going to Colorado. I wish it was better than what it's been. I think it's very unfortunate. And I know that Deion Sanders, as much as I'm a fan of him, as a famous, popular, former athlete and current head coach, that he's a big deal. But with the big deal and the ego that comes with it, I think at some point, man, he's going to have to rein it in a little bit. So I'm not saying that I expect Deion Sanders to be perfect, but I expected a better way of speaking to the Jackson State football team that he's about to leave behind. This was him addressing them um, with regards to moving on to Colorado. I know y'all been hearing the rumors and uh, everything that's been transpiring around about uh, my whereabouts and what I'm going to do. And I'd like for y'all to hear it from me and not uh, from anyone else. Um, It is what it is. Either in coaching, you get elevated or you get terminated. Ain't no other way. You either elevated or terminate. And it ain't no graveyard for coaches where they die at the place. It don't work like that. They either gonna run you off or you gonna walk off uh, upon your own recognizance. I've chosen to accept the job elsewhere next year. I'm gonna finish what we started. We're gonna dominate. I'm gonna be here to that end and that conclusion. And then when that conclusion we will move on. Okay, real quick, I ain't feeling that whatsoever. I just got to keep it real with you. If my child's a part of your program, I don't want to hear nothing about it. It is what it is. I, I, I just you don't talk to young people that have invested so much time into busting their butts for you and that program, and you're twelve and zero, twelve and zero, and then you just move. It is what it is. I, you can do better than that, Dion. I'm sorry. Listen to him as he's addressing the Colorado student athletes and football team for the first time. Some of y'all don't even think you deserve it. I'm coming. And usually when God sent me to a place, he sent me to a place to be a conduit of change. I'm coming. Uniforms may not even look like they look now. I'm coming. The cleats, I guarantee it's going to be some special. I'm coming. We got a few positions already taken care of because I'm bringing my luggage with me. And it's Louie. I'm coming. It ain't going to be no more of a mess that these wonderful fans, the student body, and some of your parents have put up with for probably two decades now. That's a disrespectful message to those young men. I'm sorry. I can be the biggest Dion fan in the world, but I got to call it for what it is. 
I'm bringing my I'm bringing my luggage with me, and it's Louis. Dion, what are we talking about here, bro? Real talk. What what are we talking about here? And we know we know that in in college football and in college basketball, when there's coaching changes, they run kids out of programs, and that's what Dion has essentially what he said. He's and he even had some quotes, direct quotes, that we didn't play about some of y'all moving on, enter the transfer portal, and all of that. Like I get it, but you don't have to you don't have to say everything out loud. Some of these conversations can be had in private. And I know that some of you will say, well, he's just, he, hey, he just keeping it real. He's being transparent. I'm sorry, man. I, I just, I think it's a better way to do things. It's a better message that he could have presented to young people. But to equate that I'm bringing in some new players to replace you and it's Louie, I'm bringing my own luggage. Nah, we got to do better than that, man. I'm dead serious. But I wish him nothing but the best, and I and I am a Deion Sanders fan. But um, I wasn't feeling uh, either one of those messages. All right, coming up next, I got a simple question: Why do we care so much about what other grown people do in their lives? I give you the story coming up next here on the Lake Show. Okay, picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.